0: God bless Brother Phillips. Let's give him a good bend down work with this pulpit tonight. God bless you, brother. Love you, brother. Amen. Clap your hands to
1: Jesus tonight. Woo. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I'm good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And it's good to be here and actually know I'm here. Uh, I barely knew I was at last night, so if I said anything crazy, y'all forgive me because I wouldn't have known it. Psalms chapter 45, we're going to go back there uh, and uh, kind of just pick up where we left off. That'd be all right. Psalms 45, we'll read, 46, I'm sorry, we'll start in 46. Thank you, Brother Moore, again. I love you. I appreciate you. I honor you tonight. So... Um I know it's, it's kind of a joke or whatever, but you say, preacher, you, don't, you preach a long time tonight because you got to give us a recap. I, my time don't start till I get done with the recap. And so, hallelujah. Amen. Psalms chapter 46, our God is refuge and strength, very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed. Right, this is gonna, We're going to preach more from this stuff tonight. So last night, we just kind of got the gist of it, but... Uh, it said, though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried away into the midst of the sea, though the mountains thereof roar and be troubled through the mountains shake with swelling thereof, Selah. Verse 4 says, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of our God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Verse, or chapter Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Verse 7 would say, For God is the king over all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. Chapter 48, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God and the mountains of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. Let's go to ver- uh, chapter 49. We're going to read one verse there. A couple verses, rather. Hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both low and high. Now, I want you to pay attention to that. He didn't just say everywhere. He says both low and high. That's going to come in and, and handy a little bit. Rich and poor together, my mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. Amen. We're going to just kind of pick up where we left off last night and talk about the songs to the sons of Korah. And so let's just pray together right now that God would help us. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Give you glory. Give you honor. Give you thanks. There's nobody like you, Jesus. You sure are good to us, God. God, we don't deserve your mercy and your grace, God, but we're so thankful tonight that we're here and we're in your presence and we're asking you, God, to have your way in this house from the front to the back and side to side. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow. God, I know within myself there's no good thing, but every good and perfect gift cometh from above. Speak to us tonight, God, in Jesus' name we pray. Would you clap your hands one more time unto the Lord? Oh, come on and praise him. Come on and thank him. Give him glory. Give him honor. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. Again, just a brief recap of what we talked about last night is the fact that these men that are singing, writing these songs are the men that are the direct sons and descendants of Korah who, according to Numbers chapter 16, would rebel against Moses and the earth would swallow him up. Now, this this setting of Numbers chapter 16 is very important to to Psalms 46, 47, and 48 and that—that's because it is a time. Again, this is this is something that's very powerful here. I mean, the earth just swallowed somebody up. That's not something you see happen every day. This is a big deal. And and not only is it a big deal, but there is a lot of eschatological value. And by that I mean the, the, the eschatology is the study of the end time. And there's a lot of end time study in this. Because, simply because. This is the time that the earth enlarges or opens its mouth and swallows people up. And so it is a glimpse of the end time of when, as the Bible would say, hell shall enlarge herself. And with that in mind, we, we kind of get this understanding that now these are the men that are writing to us and showing us how to escape the trap that their father fell in. What are you saying, preacher? Their father went to hell. Their father missed it in, quote, unquote, the end time. Their father was the one that, Uh, if you will, was one of the five foolish virgins who had an opportunity to be right with God but missed that opportunity, and now they are forever in torment. And so these men, this is why their scriptures, their songs are so powerful to us because they teach us how to escape the same problem that their father had. And so last night we talked about how they were worshipers. They were men. That their job was to stand in the kingdom, in the temple. And every day they went to work and they sang the songs of Zion. They would climb the steps as we go to Psalms 120, the songs of ascension. Again, 15 chapters there. And those, those songs, 120 to 135, were sang every day there are 15 steps to the house of the Lord of the temple. And so they would climb a step and sing a song. And then when they finished that song, they would take another step. And they would sing another song. And you kind of get the jest there until they get to the house of God. And again, there's a whole other message in that. And we could talk about the songs and how they correlate you into bringing you to the presence of the Lord. However, uh, I do want to stay with the subject matter tonight, and that is simply uh, that these men they are worshipers by choice, however, they are warriors by birth. We talked about that just very briefly last night and and so I want to dig into that a little bit more tonight and what I simply want to tell you tonight is that there is a sect of people in the children of Israel they are the strongest I look let, let me just put it like this, that we understand in today's world when we think of a man that is a musician, let's just be honest, y'all already know where I'm going. We think of a man that is a musician, plays the keyboard, you, you got to worry about him a little bit. I play the keyboards, so I can say that. that. Y'all already know there ain't a feminine bone in my body and if you think there is, meet me after church. We'll settle that real good and clear. Hallelujah. <laughs> But, but you, you see the, these, these effeminate type men that are musicians, but that's not the way it was for the sons of Korah. As a matter of fact, when you begin to study them, you understand that indeed they are musicians, but by, by average they are the tallest in the kingdom. They are the biggest in the kingdom simply because the things that they are to protect are holy things. And you don't want to put a wimp in front of your most prized possession. And so God chose that the grittiest, the, the, the strongest, the tallest in the kingdom, the sons of Korah. But be the ones that would protect the holy things of the temple and now because of their stand against their own father they have become the ones that uh, stand at the door and decide who gets to come into the church and who does not get to enter into the church you can see it in the New Testament that there is a wall there that the Bible lets us know that you can't get in there if you're a Gentile They, if you will the, the these sons of Korah were kind of like church bouncers. They were the church security team. Now they're not just singing on the platform, but that, and again, they, they, they talk about uh, being the doorkeeper. That was their job. They stood at the door of the house. Of the Lord. I'm not preaching yet, y'all. Don't start my time. I'm not preaching until I start hollering. Hallelujah. But, but they stand at the door and they make sure that you can't come in unless you're clean, unless you're Holy, these are, these are men's men. These are men that will go to the house of the Lord and to fight. And so I, I said that to simply say, God, help us that in 2022 that we realize that just because we're worshipers, that doesn't mean we're pushovers. I'm preaching now. Just because I'm a worshiper doesn't mean I'm just going to take anything that the devil sends my way. Just because I'm a worshiper doesn't mean you're going to run all over me and take my family. But I I understand that God has called me to fill a position as a worshiper that I stand at the gate uh, and I let the devil know you're not coming in this house uh, and you're not going to mess with the service and you're not going to mess with our children. Uh, Come on, there's got to be a worshiper that will decide. Not only am I going to worship, uh, but I'm going to protect the next generation so that we have a legacy of worshipers. Let's be honest. What good is a worshiper if he's a wimp? I'm not just talking about men. I'm talking about all of us. What good is a worshiper if they can come to the house of the Lord and lift their hands and cry and shout and run and dance and talk in tongues if they live in defeat all the time? I'm telling you, that's not the will of God for you. That's not the will of God for your family. It's the will of God for you to be victorious. It's the will of God for you to stand in the gateway and let the devil know, I am not defeated, but I've got power. I, I've got anointing, and I'm gonna live in victory. Yeah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah! And, and so, as we begin to understand that, it's it's not very far in Scripture when you understand who these people are. That in First Chronicles chapter twenty. When Jehoshaphat is surrounded, uh, some would say they are outnumbered by a thousand to one odds. And Moab and Ammon are there to defeat them and to take the people of God out. And so, while that's happening, the Bible says that there's a young man that stands up and begins to prophesy. The Spirit of the Lord will fall upon him. And he would tell Jehoshaphat, You put the praisers out front. And y'all remember that? We still in the book tonight. Uh, he said, you put the praisers out front. And so he, he goes to find the praisers. And and he says, I, I want the best in the kingdom. He took the Levites and he put them out there. Uh, and then the Bible says, and the children of the Korahites uh, and the children of the Korahites uh, stood up to praise the Lord God uh, of Israel with a loud voice. Uh, you got to understand that God uh, called Jehoshaphat. And he said, you put, the praisers out front. But Jehoshaphat said, I'm not just putting praisers up there. I'm putting people that are praisers and warriors too. Can I tell you tonight that this is how we fight our battles. This is I'm not here tonight to just clap my hands uh, and do a little dance, uh, but I'm getting victory over depression. Uh, I'm not here tonight to to just play games, uh, but I'm getting victory uh, over the spirits of hell uh, that are trying to take my family. Uh, I'm here to fight a battle. Uh, I'm here to put hell uh, where he belongs. Uh, I'm a worshiper, uh, and I'm a warrior, uh, and this is how we fight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In order to get the full meaning of what I'm saying right here, you've got to understand what they said in Psalms 47 and verse 1. They said, clap your hands, all ye people. How many times have we heard this scripture? How many times do you hear it in a month as a preacher will come to a pulpit and tell everyone, clap your hands and shout unto God. But see, there, there's something happening here. I, I checked it tonight to just see exactly if, it was, if I was right, and turns out I was. Can you believe that? But I, I watched as I asked you to clap your hands and to shout, that some of us just kind of put it in cruise control. Because clapping's what we do, we clap for announcements. We clap for baby showers. We clap for wedding showers. We clap when it's time to dismiss. God knows we clap when it's time to go eat. But I read to you and I made sure to read to you tonight from Psalms 47 and verse 7 where it says to praise him with understanding. So these children of Israel, these children of the sons of Korah, they're writing and they're saying, "Look, you can't just fall into the average, mundane clap, but you've got to do it and know what you're clapping about." And so, to understand what we're clapping about, we have to take the original text. We have to go back to the Hebrew and translate it as it was originally written. The word "clap" is takah, and it means to put your hands together, and 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 that makes sense to us, and that's. What where we would translate it as clap and clap your hands, uh, all ye people. But there is something that is hidden here in the original text that if you will just simply study your Bible uh, and understand what the word to come means. It doesn't just mean to put your hands together, uh, but it means to thrust a weapon. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's the nature of the Korathites. It's the nature of the sons of Korah. They are warriors by birth. And when they said clap your hands, all ye people, they're saying, yes, that's worship. Yes, it's praise. But don't just clap your hands and thinking you're doing it to field time. But when you clap your hands, you understand you got a weapon in your hand. And you're out on the battlefield. And you're thrusting your and you're thrusting your weapon it's the same spirit that comes upon a warrior where he can stand in a battlefield and there's a thousand Philistines around him but I've got the victory because I'm fighting on God's side and so it doesn't matter how many Philistines there are, I'm standing in the king's field and I'm not going to back up until the sword would cleave into his hands. The Bible says Eleazar who was a son of Korah uh, would not give up the sword uh, because he understood. uh, I'm not just clapping. uh, I'm not just a worshiper. uh, I'm a warrior uh, and I've been anointed uh, to do damage to hell's kingdom. Eleazar, the Bible uses the word clave in, in, in plain country redneck English. It means that his his arm would cramp up to the point to where you couldn't pry the sword out of his hand. He th- this son of Korah had a revelation that I'm not just called to go up to the front of the church and look pretty. I, I, I'm not called to come to church and play patty cake, but I'll hurt you if you start messing with the kingdom. I'll, I'll put you where you belong. If you start messing with the kingdom. And so all the Philistines can come if they want to, but what they don't realize uh, is they're messing with the son of Korah. I'm not just average, I'm not just ordinary, I'm not just another worshiper, I'm a son of Korah. And so I understand uh, when I go to battle uh, that I'm anointed. If you were here last night, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not just going to battle as another warrior. I'm going anointed. I'm going called. I'm going with the blessing of my pastor. I'm going out on the battlefield, and I'm going to take hell's kingdom by force. Let me tell you something, honey. If you're always on the defense and never on the offense, if you're always just trying to ward off the devil's blows, then you're not really a son of Korah. Because sons of Korah understand that it doesn't matter how many demons there are, I'll pile off in the middle of them with nothing but my word, nothing but my sword, and I'll go to fighting with everything I have. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and do it with the understanding that while you're clapping, you're swinging your sword. While you're clapping, you're putting the devil under your feet. While you're clapping, you're going against the spirits of
2: hell that are trying to destroy your family.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It means thrust the weapon. We, we, we established last night, according to First Chronicles, that the prophet Samuel was the son of Korah. And because he was a son of Korah, he understands what it's like to thrust, to clap his hands, to thrust the weapon. Say, so why, why does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense when you go to your Bible in First Samuel and you see this guy named Saul who was not a son of Korah and is always trying to give up his sword. God, don't... I'm, I'm, I'm. That rabbit just running in front of me, and I really want to chase him really bad. I think I will. It's, it's a theme in the life of Saul that he's willing to give up his armor, Pastor Moore. Matter of fact, the first time we read about David, he is taking upon him the armor of Saul. First Samuel chapter thirteen makes mention that there are but two swords in the land. Well, that's interesting because you go to 1 Samuel 14 and you find that Jonathan and his armor bearer get up on top of a hill and they start killing Philistines. What I want to know is where did his armor bearer get his sword? Because there's only two in the kingdom. And Saul is laying under the pomegranate tree. I wonder, and now the Bible doesn't tell us, and so this is just my imagination running wild. But we do know that his armor bearer was killing folks. And we do know that there were only two swords, which makes me wonder if Saul knew that there was going to be a battle and said, you know what, maybe you just take my sword. Because he doesn't understand what it means to clap. He doesn't understand what it means to Thrust the weapon. He doesn't Understand what it means to be truly Anointed by God because when you read About the anointing of Saul you'll find That when Samuel anoints him he anoints Him with a vial of anointing And a vial is handmade. It's Man-made. It's something that can be constructed And it's something that can be Broken but when God has Samuel anoint David the Bible says that he takes A horn of all which is Something that is constructed by God Almighty. It was from the ram horn. And so God was saying, David, I'm giving you an anointing that's God made. But Sam Saul had an anointing that was man-made. And so Saul doesn't really get it. Saul doesn't know what it's like to put the anointing on his shoulders. He's just wanting it on his hand, kind of like we were talking about Korah wanted to be. And so he says, you just, you just go ahead and fight the battle. You, you go ahead. And, and this theme runs throughout the life of Saul, because we find that God tells him, you go down to the camp of the Amalekites and you kill everything walking. Am I in the book? Y'all, y'all still with me? I'm, 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 are we there? He said, you, take, you kill the lambs, you, you, you kill the sheep, you kill everything. Kill the women, kill the children. I don't know. I, I, there, there's a whole lot in that that I don't have time to get into right now. But we do know that he was told to wipe the Amalekites off of the face of the earth. But you know what he does? He saves the good list. And he saves the king. And lo and behold, Samuel shows up. And he says, what is the sound that I hear? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 all of that. That's, that's the sacrifice that I brought from the Lord. No, God didn't tell you to keep it for a sacrifice. God told you to kill it all. And here we go again. Samuel can't kill Agag, the king. And you know what happens? Or Saul, Samuel kills him. Saul can't kill him because he's not the son of Korah. Saul can't kill him because he doesn't know what he's doing with a sword in his hand. And here we have Samuel who was raised in the house of God that had never had any, no experience with a sword out on the battlefield, no experience out fighting giants. But here Samuel comes, and when Samuel walks up, you read your scripture, and it'll tell you that he finds a sword. And there are theologians that would suggest that he finds the sword of Saul himself. Here we go. Saul doesn't want to handle his own business. Saul don't want to use his own sword. And so Samuel said, somebody give me a sword. And this little church boy that grew up in the back door of the of of God, uh, tending to Eli and his needs. Uh, he's never been on the battlefield, uh, but he's a son of Korah. He's never been at my God. Uh, he's never had to walk uh, out with a sword in his hand uh, and a helmet and a shield, uh, but he's anointed. Uh, he's a son of Korah. So he goes out on the battlefield, uh, and he sees a giant. Uh, he sees a king of the Amalekite people, and he says, watch this, Saul, uh, and he... my God help me, Jesus... He begins to cut into little pieces uh, the king that would defy the king of the most high God. He begins to chop up. In, in the, he didn't just kill him. He chops him up into little pieces. Oh, I just feel this right now. You want to know why some things keep coming back to haunt you? It's because you're anointed by God. And when you start cutting on stuff, you're just cutting enough off to make it bleed a little bit. And so that it'll run away and it won't bother you anymore. Honey, when you really get anointed, you got to chop it up so much into so many little pieces that it'll never come back and bother you again. Hey, I know you had that struggle, but you can get deliverance from that with a prayer life. Because you're a son of Korah, because you're anointed by God, Lord, you can get deliverance over that every time you pull out a sword every time you go to prayer chop it up into more pieces hey I know I used to be addicted but I'm not addicted anymore I know I used to be depressed but I'm not depressed anymore I know I had issues but I got rid of them because I'm a son of Korah and I'll chop it into so many pieces that it can never return again again would be David that would write the sister scripture Psalms 47 and he would say blessed is the Lord my strength which teacheth my hands hands to war and my fingers to fight my goodness and my fortress my high tower and my deliverer my shield and in him who I trust who subdueth my people (laughs) keep coming devil I got something for you Why? Because I'm a son of Cora. I I know I look average, but don't let this suit fool you. I know I look ordinary, but don't let the car I drive fool you. I, I know I just go to a country church out in the middle of Bendale, Mississippi, and they don't have a lot of people that live in Bendale. But let me just tell you something. I'm not average and ordinary. I'm a son of Cora. You done started messing with the wrong one. The... You have to understand that in the Hebrew language there are spoken words and there are written words and both of them can have different definitions. And so when we understand the spoken word of the word takah, it means to thrust a weapon. When we understand the written word of the word takah, it is the word that is used to describe Judges chapter 4 and verse 21 when Jael calls Sisera into the tent and he falls asleep and Jael would take a tent stake and drive it. Through their head. And you'll notice that the word subdue there as well as verse in, in verse, I think it's verse 23. And God says, And and the Lord subdued that day. It's the same word that David used when he talks about putting his enemies under his feet. He said, The Lord subdued my enemies. It's basically the same picture that happens when Daniel walks into the lion's den and the lions are hungry, but the lions are are subdued and basically what God is saying is when you get anointed to be a son of Korah, I'll make the devil go lay down in the corner and watch you get victory. I'll make the devil lay down in the corner and watch you get blessed. I'll make the devil lay down in the corner and watch as your family comes back to church. I'll make the devil lay down in the corner and watch as everything that he meant for evil gets turned around and works out for your I wish there'd be somebody on a Thursday night that would get the revelation of what a son of Korah was saying when he said clap your hands. He's not just telling you to go through the motions. He's telling you to take the tent stake and drive it to the head of the enemy and watch
2: God subdue your enemy.
1: And in, in the original text, the word to there's three different meanings. I'm just preaching very briefly. I could preach a whole message about all three of them, but there's three different meanings the word tukah. one of them means to blast a trumpet it's the same word that God used in, in Joshua chapter 6 when God told his people to go up to Jericho they're entering into the promised land that's important, look at somebody and tell them that's important they're going into the promised land and he says or sound the trumpet son of Clorah Clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. But do it with understanding and understand that you're a worshiper and you're a warrior and you're tearing down the walls of Jericho and you're entering in to a new land. I'm a whole lot closer to being done than you even realize tonight. But I I, I want you to understand what's happening here as we're going into the new land as the Takah goes forth. It's, it's, it's being shown in Numbers chapter 16 when the earth is opening up and we're, we're looping back around. Y'all still with me tonight? It's, it's, it's shown here as it is a type of eschatological times where the Lord is getting ready to come back and so the earth opens up and swallows him. They begin to sing and because they understand the, this, this, this time of the end time. They, they were men of renown. They, they're, just because their daddy died didn't mean that they weren't men of renown. They were men of renown. They were men famous in the congregation. And these men had a view into something. And let, let me just teach you something about the book of Psalms. It's, it's poetic, yes, but it's prophetic just as much as it is Poetic. And it's prophesying of things that even are yet to come. Say, so, well, I don't, I don't know how much I, but that I believe about that. Well, let me, let's just go look at it. Simply by understanding, Psalms forty-seven is in. It's in a string of three songs that aren't meant to just be to be sung, but they are meant to be prophesied. And they are speaking of prophetic things that are going to take place at the end of the millennial reign of Christ. Psalms 46 reads, we, wrote it, we read it tonight, that God is our refuge and our strength. Therefore, we will not fear. They said, though the, mount- though the waters roar and the mountains be out of the sea, which correlates to Revelation chapter 6 and verse 14. He then says that there is a river. He said, the mountains were shaking. Go read Revelation chapter 6, and it says that the mountain started shaking. It it, it tells us that there is a river. The streams thereof shall make glad the city of our God. Go back to Ezekiel chapter 47, where the Bible says that there was a river coming out of the temple. And that river, which is referred to as the millennial river in Revelation chapter 22, I think it is. 21 or 22. And and so this river, what what are you talking about all this stuff for? Because they're seeing things prophetically, things to come, things of the end time. And they're beginning to prophesy of those things. And so this battle that is won, the heathen rage, the earth melted, that's that's all taking place in Revelation chapter 20. They're talking about that in Psalms 46. What they're seeing is the battle of Gog and Magog. what What we would call the battle of Armageddon. They're seeing all of this. And So they're prophesying, and they're talking about things that will be looped around and talked about later. And So this, this, this battle of Gog and Magog, and Satan himself, fire comes down from heaven and devours them, and the devil is thrown into the lake of fire. And, and so this battle, after it ends, John in Revelation chapter twenty-one turns the earth, in chapter twenty, he turns the page and begins uh, chapter twenty-one, and he said, I John saw a new heaven and a new earth. So what does that have to do with Psalms 47 and 1? I'll tell you what it has to do with it. The Jews believe that at the end of the battle of Gog and Magog, that this is the song that will be sang as the ascension into New Jerusalem takes place. Now, you'd have to be been here last night to understand this, but let me just kind of piece it together for you. So what, what, what I'm telling you is, remember last night when we were talking about a building, billion-dollar building, y'all remember that? Gold, silver. They were standing at the gate. They're the choir on the inside. And they're singing the songs. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, shouting to God with a voice of triumph. Well, what happens after Revelation chapter 21 when he begins to see the the new heaven and the new earth? John said, I saw that new Jerusalem coming down. And when I saw that new Jerusalem, I seen streets of gold. (laughs) And I saw gates of pearl. And 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 that that city where the lamb is the light, and I don't have time to get into that, Lord, I wish I did, but right now I'm just going to try to at least piece some of this together. And so what's happening here is as you're walking into the temple of Solomon and you see the sons of Korah, you see the, the, the gate man, you see the gatekeeper, and just like there's going to be a gatekeeper there that's keeping things out that are not supposed to get out, that are not supposed to come in. It says if you're unholy, if you're impure, if you're unclean, you can't come in here. It's the same, it's the sons of Korah that are doing this same thing and when it's all wrapping up and Christ's millennial reign has come and it's all said and done with and we will arise to meet him. The Bible says that the dead in Christ shall rise first and then those of us which are alive and remain shall be called up to meet him in the air. They believe that this is the song. Psalms 47 and 1. Oh, clap your hands all ye people and shout unto God with a voice of triumph and the reason it is translated in our English Bible as clap uh, is because it's prophetic of a day uh, where the last battle is won. Uh, and so he's saying, We've been fighting with the sword uh, and we've been driving ten stakes uh, and we've been shouting with the sound of a trumpet uh, while we're going into new land. It's, it's the thing that's going to take us into the promised land to call, shout, give the voice of triumph give the voice of victory, blow the trumpet in Zion. That's all ingrained in this one word. And the sons of Korah were prophesying of a day that would come when sin would no longer run rampant in the earth and depression would be under your feet forever. And what I preach that to to simply preach to is when you clap your hands and you do it with understanding, you are taking part of a victory that has yet to come and you're showing the devil I might not be all the way there yet but I'm partaking of something, some kind of victory that I haven't experienced yet, some kind of dominion that I haven't walked in yet. I'm not just clapping to clap but I'm clapping understanding that I'm taking a part of the last day when we rise to meet him in the air. Positions come. I'm closing. I'm done. I told you I was close to being done, but when you clap your hands and you do it with understanding, you're putting yourself in a position to, to prophesy. He, he, he tells us all that we should seek the gifts of prophecy. He said, I would that all prophesied, all speak with tongues. That's what Paul said. And when you, little did you know by just understanding what you're doing. Not going through the formality because we're just clapping to clap, but I'm clapping with an understanding that this clap is cutting, literally cutting to pieces, the demon that held me back. This clap is partaking of something glory that is to come. It's not here yet, but I'm putting myself in a position. Oh, you just thought you were just little old you. You, you you thought just because you went to a country church that you couldn't do any damage to hell's kingdom, but when you know why you're clapping. Something We do this more than we do anything else in church. And God said, watch this, devil. I'm going to set you up so bad that every time they go to church, little do they know they're taking taking a, a part of a prophetic moment where the Bible says in Revelation 20 and 1 that an angel from heaven will come down and will bind you with a chain and will put you in the pit. That's what this sounds like. This is the sound to remind you uh, that you have no hope. Uh, this is the sound to remind you uh, that you failed. Uh, this is a sound to remind you. That's why we say he's in my hands uh, and in my feet uh, because by clapping my hands, uh, I'm partaking of an eschatological prophecy uh, that shows that I will be victorious. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands with understanding that at the end of the day, I will come out on top. At the end of time, I'm going to live in eternity with Jesus, and I'll have victory. I just kind of go to the front sometimes and I'm a little timid, so I don't shout like everybody else. Don't you ever think that you're not doing something just by stepping out of your pew and clapping your hands. You're you're partaking of something that is to come. Just Come on, son of Korah. They, they, They were men of wisdom and understanding that understood the times. And they were saying, this is what happened after my father failed. And so I'm writing to you, and I'm telling you, if you'll heed these words, you will come out victorious every time. I'm telling you, it is not the will of God for you to live in defeat. It's not the will of God for you to live Beneath your godly authority. It's not the will of God for you to stand with your head down and your shoulders bowed. Do you realize who you are? No, no, no. You're not getting it. I'm gonna say it again. Do you realize who you are? You I look at somebody and say he's talking to you. Do you realize who you are? You got the Holy Ghost, you're you're a part of an eschatological prophecy. You're a part of an end-time revival. You're not just a worshiper, you're a warrior. You're anointed to tear health. I wish there'd be somebody right now that step out in the aisle uh, and let the devil know uh, I'm gonna put you where you belong uh, and I'm partaking of the day right now just by clapping my hands uh, and I dare somebody uh, to clap like you ain't never clapped uh, and shout uh, like you ain't never shouted uh, and put the devil uh, as a prophetic day uh, of
2: what will happen to you. I'm gonna live in victory.
1: Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, uh, and shout unto God uh, with a voice uh, of triumph, uh, and do it with an understanding. Uh, I'm not just clapping my hands uh, when I'm walking in victory. Uh, I'm not just here uh, when I'm there at the same time. Uh, I'm not just standing in Bendel, but uh, I'm standing at the gates, uh, looking down my nose at the adversary uh, and letting him know you will be in torment, uh, and I. Uh, We'll be in paradise. Clap your hands, all ye people, and do it with understanding. And shout! Come on, somebody praise him. Somebody shout at God with a voice of triumph. The
2: world is for the the and, the bombs and guns. The way of this battle is won This is the way, way, way that we find Praise you Him Come on lift up your voice And sing for joy Out your hands, oh the joy for the Lord For the trumpet shine Praise you Him Because the weapons we use And the bombs and guns Worship the way of this battle is won This is the way that we fight Drop your, your head, make Trump, oh oh, Trump. the trumpet. No, I drop I the, the drop Wherever we use The way This is, way this is, way this is way the way you fight. we fight. Praise your victory no Lift your voice. Sing for joy. Tap you your head. Make, make some I just can't stop raising His name, Jesus. I just can't stop name, Jesus. I just can't stop raising His name. I just can't stop raising His name, Jesus. Lift your voice Put your, your, your hands All your, your people more, Blow a and a shout and pray to the weapons we use and the bombs and Word Worship's away This is the way, the way, we fight. way that power This is the way we fight Oh, I said, drop, drop your head. Oh, I took my shot. Praise it for out. your victory. For come on, y'all, I've been praising right now. He's giving me the victory. He's giving me the victory. The sword and the spirit is in your hand. It's hard to find. No, I can't. I can't stop raising it's his name. I just can't stop. There's something about the death. The soul Jesus, Jesus. I can't stop. I can't stop, stop so the name I'm I Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. The sword of the Spirit, Jesus. Jesus. That name, that name is the word. Whoa! In the sword of the Spirit, Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, When I speak that name, when I speak that name, when I speak that name, Jesus, 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 Jesus. oh, Jesus. we use and our mouth take us. the way every battle. This the is the way to fight. This Where is, is fight. the way we fight. We're we're the the fight. The to the Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice and sing for joy. Have your a yeah. Oh, I trumpet and oh, Trump oh, Trump shout, Praise and oh, for victory. victory. Because we're the weapons we use, the use and our mouth take Worship's away the way every battle is won. This is the way we fight. Your voice and sing for joy out your head for Blow a joy. Praise it for victory. It for the cause of weapons we use are not bought to God. But worship's the away the power of God. This is the way we, we find it for the man to me. Come on. Come on, come on. Clap your hands again. Clap your hands again and shout. Let the devil know you got an understanding now. Hallelujah. I got the weapon in my hand the sword of the Spirit. That's why I say, can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising the name Jesus No I can't stop Praising his name I just can't stop There's something about the name of Jesus When I speak his name I can't stop Praising his name There's something about praise There's something about worship The true of the living God and you lift your voice you put the enemy on notice that i'm coming to tear down the strongholds you've erected in my life and in my home and in my family come on somebody need to clap your hands tonight and lift your voice and blow it trumpet come on let your voice sound like the trump of god tonight jesus oh jesus praise his name I just can't son Raising His name, my joy can't stop Raising His name, Jesus Everybody say, Jesus, say Jesus, 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 Jesus Everybody all over the house Jesus, Jesus Shout the name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Come on, shout the name, Jesus Say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, are you a son of Korah Jesus, today? Are you a son of Korah tonight? Jesus, if you are, Jesus, then take your place. Jesus, take your Jesus, rightful place. Put the enemy on notice. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus say Jesus. There's power when you speak your name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Jesus, Jesus. Lift your voice. Lift your voices. A joy love your hands make a show tr- trump trumpet. trumpet praise it for victory, for victory. because we're the weapons we use in our power, worship's the way so your power will be won this is the way you fight praise it for your victory, victory.
0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. I love you, Jesus. Are you going to clap different from this night forward? Brother Jerry, it don't matter if we're all by ourselves. We just start putting our hands together. Okay. And you start thinking about it, where that's going and where that's leading us to. Folks, we're going to clap like we've never clapped before unto Jesus Christ in the victory that He's got laid up, the inheritance He's got laid up for you and I, amen. And you talk about a time when that glorified body's singing that new song, playing I don't know what all kind of instruments and clapping with glorified hands. Worshipping him in a form and manner that we've always desired to do it. Not worried about running out of time or energy, amen, to give him the glory, the praise, the honor that he deserves. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to something that's been prophesied about. It's going to happen and take place. Amen, amen, amen. Have you ever noticed, if you ever tell anybody, it's praise the Lord, what's one of the first things, the most easiest thing we do? And most everybody joins in. You can take the most bashful person in the house and most of the time they don't have a problem putting their hands together. Now if you start calling on them to dance and you start calling on them to shout out and you start calling on them to get out in the house it's a different, but about everybody can join in. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. What a way to worship. Give thanks to the Lord. He's, he preached to us, to us again tonight to give us some insight of what this is all about. Amen. I tell you what, I want to be quick to put my hands together and I don't want to just pat a cake doing it either. Hallelujah. I may do it when I got the mic in my hand because I don't want to tear up the mic. But when I don't have my mic in the hand of me and I'm going to put them together for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Love you tonight. Appreciate you so much being here, being so faithful. Don't forget Sunday. Amen. Brother Sanford will not be with us. Uh, if he does, that's fine. Amen. If he does, if he shows up, we'll do Sunday and Monday. If he don't show up, we'll do Sunday and Wednesday. All right, praise God. And so unless somebody else flies in or God moves somebody else in here, I'll be in the pulpit. And if not, somebody will. Brother Ford, we'll get somebody. Amen. Amen. To be in this pulpit, we're going to have church. Amen. Praise God. And then Brother Phillips is going to be back with us the 4th, 7th, 8th, and ninth. Amen. All right. So we're lined up and we're ready to go. And we're ready to have some church, see some people get the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're fresh and renewing. Hey, God's working. You just look around. I'm telling you, God's working in Bendale, Mississippi and across our lands. I'm telling you, God wants to pour His Spirit out upon all flesh, amen, in this end time. I want to be a part of the revival. I want to be a part of the falling away. I want to be a part of the revival. And I, I, you know, I believe a lot of that depends upon you. Amen. I want to be a part of the revival. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. God bless each one of you. God bless you tonight. You're dismissed in The fear of the Lord. God bless you.